And I'm assuming that the primary way in which humanity will be destroyed is, is conversion into fossil fuel. No, well, it's, it's like basically like diesel geysers just appear everywhere. Okay. Like to punish us for our reliance on fossil fuels. Oh, you like these, huh? Have some more. Have more than you can handle. <laughs> Thanks, Satan. This rules. I'm Zach. I'm Riff. And I'm Kevin. And you're listening to episode number 134 of Video Games Hot Dog, a podcast by us. I almost said, and me, Kevin, just yeah, well, to make an inside joke because that you, wouldn't make any sense to... But you would have had people. to have not been listening to the words that I said in order for you to think that that was the thing that you should say. <sighs> Guys, I'm about to... I was looking through uh, my pile of post-its on yep. my desk to find uh, the, the notes on our assignment this week. Yep. And uh, I found where I had written down the best video game idea that I think that has ever been committed to post it. Ooh, ooh. Tower of Infinite Soup. <laughs> huh. Okay. Yeah. Pretty good. All right. Sure. Luckily, somebody else thought of something that wasn't stupid. It's pretty, it's pretty, um, super. Mm. <laughs> yeah, well done. Well done, Kevin. How droll. <laughs> How droll. Why did we not put monsters in word realms called drolls that were... Oh. Trolls that liked puns. Oh, I'm, ri- I'm writing. That I did down. think of that at some point. Yeah, it's. I probably put it in our uh, world building wiki where we built worlds that no one would ever see. <laughs> uh, what have you guys been up to? Mm-hmm. Riff building a fortress out of salad dressing boxes, cereal I, bottles. I only I only bought one new case of salad dressing. <laughs> So one I only have case. one box. Okay, how is it a big box? Like, did you? Well, did it's you like make a little space. It's like a dozen bottles. Did you guys used to make uh, spaceships out of uh, appliance boxes? Uh, I had a, uh, I had a a wooden chair that my grandpa made that was kind of like shaped like an elephant, and I drew a, a spaceship control panel on a piece of, uh, of uh, construction paper and glued it to the seat of this elephant chair so that I could, I could lay the chair down on its back and use it as a spaceship control panel. Did your dad get mad at you for gluing something to your grandpa's homemade chair? He never, if he did, he never said anything. If he did, he never found out because you killed him with your space lasers. <laughs> <laughs> well, he, he, no one can hear your dad complain in space. Yeah, true. I just remember drawing spaceship control panels on the sides of, uh, of the insides of cardboard boxes that were big enough for me to get into as a kid. I didn't need a spaceship to go to planets. Right, you just so. needed a computer <laughs> yeah. uh, on, a, on a sheet of paper, yeah. So we did all draw a lot of spaceship control panels, and we just drew control panels mm-hmm. and then pretend. I think we were, we were underprivileged youths. We did not have nearly as many devices controls. as we wanted. We didn't have any controls. You know, yeah, if our more parents really loved us, push and... they would have put us in charge of a nuclear plant or something. Just something. Something where we could turn a lot of dials and shit. Oh, man, yeah. And one of those, like, big knife switches. Ooh, yeah, yeah. Okay. Is that just to change out which knives you're using at any particular and point? You need a bunch of those little, uh, those, those buttons that have the little plastic things over them that you have to flip up so you don't have, so you don't push them accidentally. Yeah, oh, right. The, the I think we have to turn two keys system. at the same time that oh, are further yeah. than arms length apart. Yeah, God, we need one of those. Yeah, we do need one of those, actually. 
for various projects. <laughs> um, I, I kind of just want to, even now, I just want to put my my minimal knowledge of electronics to use just to make a big, you know, just a big panel of useless switches to flip. They wouldn't be useless. They'd be fun. You'd well, use yeah, them okay, for yes. fun. Use, usable probably, for joy. <laughs> yeah. You could put, like... You could just hook up some sort of rudimentary machine to show you porn when you hit those <laughs> buttons, and then it would have two purposes, fun and fun. This is my rifle switch, and this is my gun switch. One is for fun, and the other one is also for fun, because this is not a fighting household. Okay. Uh, you, you, uh, Riff, you didn't, you didn't do this, but uh, one thing that we did recently, uh, not... As recently as the last episode, but uh, recently enough that we couldn't talk about it until it had made it out into the world and been solved. But uh, our buddy who works uh, for, I don't remember the name of the studio that's making Wildstar. It's not Cryptic. No. It's NCSoft, but Carbine? Sure. Is it Carbine? Yeah, uh, he had us test solve uh, this like ARG thing that they did, and that was pretty cool. There were like, the first six frames of a video that they released were like these kind of Adult Swim title card things that it became clear over time that there was a puzzle embedded in them, and it was a pretty good puzzle. Yeah. There were, uh, there were some, there were some uh, shapes uh, shrouded in the background that you ended up having to put together in Photoshop to teach you some information about some things. There, were, there was one thing where you had to find somebody who spoke Korean and uh, translate that for you. There was a Dancing Men cipher from oh, the right. Sherlock Holmes book. There was... If you didn't know where that was from, yeah, that would have been very tricky. But we do, because we're puzzle masters. Sure, sure. It took... Uh, with With... We were, like, because somebody was there who knew how it worked, we were like, okay, so this is the point where we would spend an hour seeing if this idea has any legs. Could right. you just save us the trouble by telling us whether we're going to find anything here or not? And then, the, you know, the answer is no, so we were able to skip it. But uh, <laughs> Right. <laughs> but, yeah, it was good. And it resulted in a video uh, where they revealed that the mounts in uh, Wildstar, or at least among the mounts in Wildstar, are going to be some sweet hoverboards. And as much as I like to think that I'm immune to this stuff. Oh, yeah. Uh, you want a sweet hoverboard? I watched that video and I was like, fuck yeah, I want to play that game and ride one of those fucking hoverboards around because that looks fucking awesome. <laughs> I am... Um, I think that that game is going to be good. My worry... My worry is not that that game is not going to be good. My worry is that being good is not enough for a, a WoW-style... MMO hmm. to be successful anymore to be successful enough to continue to exist in any real sense. Star Trek Online is was not good when it came out, and it is still around. Yeah, it's still terrible. I thought you were going to say Star Trek good. Star Trek Online was not good when it came out, and it is also not good now, uh, which I would agree with you. <laughs> but it is still around. So yeah. maybe there's a weird, necessary, sufficient, good relationship oh man what if what if star trek online was actually just the ai in which gene roddenberry's consciousness oh. is being kept around yeah. and so he is like oh fuck man he's like panicking because the thing is not making enough money and so they're gonna he's he has to die finally <laughs> because the, when they shut the game down they shut down gene roddenberry's consciousness huh i wonder if 
if that were true, more people would play it just to keep him alive. Hmm, I don't know. Or if you more should, people would... If people would just sit around on the internet talking about how much it sucks because they want him to die. I think you should start this rumor and see if that has an impact on... What do you uh, think I just did, Kevin? I'm pretty sure that Star Trek Online is actually a, a matrix of servers in which the consciousness of Gene Roddenberry lives on. Okay. Yeah. That's why, they, I mean, he's got a bunch of, he had a bunch of money, right? He died with a bunch of money. So he is currently just footing the bill for the whole thing. All the staff to maintain it, all the people to like, you know, floss his RAM chips and stuff to just keep his consciousness maintained. Yeah, do you think he's just loaded into RAM the whole time? Oh, I don't know. He, he's got to figure out if he could escape into AWS. Uh, that That's super scary, because those things are not uh, guaranteed to be up at any given time. That's true. What's that? Well, but I mean, if there were little enough of you, I mean, you get brain cells die all the time, right? So if, if little enough of you was on any given <laughs> AWS <laughs> cell, right, like, you'd, it'd still be you. It's still, uh, you know, there'd shit, still be enough of you to I can't remember how to play the piano anymore. <laughs> Uh, let's see. Where did I? I wrote down. Oh man, did I lose it somehow? I was I was using the same. Uh, do you have like twenty different word? I sure do. I was using a bunch of different. Open? I had a bunch of different files because of something I was working on in KOL. But uh, my uh, I discovered my favorite line from basically anything ever while playing this week's assignment, which was to send you into cyberspace. We must transform your physical body into a stealth virus subroutine. <laughs> like that has literally all of the best words in it <laughs> in one sentence virus does it it doesn't have cyber it does it says to send you into cyberspace oh into cyberspace yes oh yeah okay yeah i was just about to say it was missing <laughs> one but if if it's got cyberspace you're mm-hmm. right it's done yep uh so that's what they did to gene roddenberry only to to send you into star trek online um no, to send him into Star Trek, um, to send him into cyberspace, they had to make Star Trek. They had online. to rush it to release because he had cancer or whatever, right? And it had to, be, it had to be like it was part of his death contract. It had to be in front of people. It had to be being played by people, huh? Before, before he, he died. died, yeah. And they were like, "Oh shit, Gene got cancer." Do you think that uh, all the Crunch members time. of all the like actors that were in Star Trek uh, also get to? live on in Star Trek Online? Oh, I don't know. Or is it, I don't know, I don't know how just much, for him? I don't know how much room there is hmm. in one of those. How many How many whole consciousnesses can you keep in one well, rack if, of Star Trek Online servers? I mean, can't if, if you're not using up an entire server to have a part of you on AWS, <laughs> then maybe... Uh, I mean, maybe that's why Shatner is still alive. He's like, ah, fuck that. I'm just not going to die. <laughs> He's that's like, I don't want to I don't want to just run around like Watching a bunch of nerds fucking cybering with <laughs> Nurse Chapel or whatever you do in that video game. I assume that's mostly what it is. Huh. I think Kirk is it's gonna like, have his consciousness uploaded to his hair. Okay. Hmm. And then it'll be uh, passed I, around like one of those religious artifacts, you know, like how they had the, the finger bones of Saint Peter or whatever. Oh, his hair just isn't like what what are they gonna keep it on? Hmm. Maybe they'll carve a soccer ball. They'll, they'll like carve a bust of him out of solid diamond. Okay. Can you carve diamond? I guess you can cut it. A gem yeah. cutter can cut it. Cutting is like carving. 
right? Like when you say you carve a turkey, it's not like, oh, check it out. I made a swan out of this turkey. <laughs> it's like you just cut it into some pieces. Yeah, man. Oh, man. Uh, have you, Riff, looked at the... Uh, did you buy, when it was kickstarted, the Numenera pen and paper role-playing game source book thing? No, I didn't. How is it? It's really, it's really neat. It's been, uh, it's been providing me with uh, literal minutes of poop time joy <laughs> for the last, like, four or five days. Kevin, do you have some sort of weird notebook filled with ancient Asian secrets? Yep. Huh. It's my video game notebook. Wow. You've written a lot of uh, notes about video games. I have. It's going to be an interesting artifact to upload into the cloud when you die. That's true. <laughs> Yeah, there's a bunch of different code alphabets from different puzzle games that yeah. I have played. Oh, are those a bunch of Fez notes? There's Fez, there's Hundreds, there's... Oh, I played through Fez again recently. Such a good game. Did you hear somebody uh, they, they somebody figured out, presumably, how the, the Black Monolith puzzle was meant to be solved? Oh, uh-uh. What are, what, are the, what are the deets? It, was, it had to do with... Um, the original release date of Fez translated into Fez numerals and then stacked on top of each other as though they were blocks. And that gave you a different series of numbers as those blocks shadow they would cast. And then you translate those numbers into directions and those directions into controller presses. Huh. Oh no! Wait, I missed a step. You uh, you transpose the numbers of the release date based on the the ordering of the pages in uh, in that book that you find. All right, so it was just a normal puzzle. It was just really hard. Yeah, so it, it was, was just an, to brute force an it then to solve it. Possibly unreasonably obscure answer. Well, yeah. I mean, is it is that right, or is that just knowing what the answer is? I have come up with a way to take something. And well, that's that's the problem. Yeah, that's. I don't know if there's any way for us I mean, to that know that or not. Seems like a pretty weird coincidence. If well, but I mean, if it's if you have a short if you have a short sequence of things that you're trying to make happen, you can just sure that's keep true. Manipulating I mean, stuff. it's super weird given the starting conditions of the universe that any of this exists. Right, <laughs> but like, do you, like it's like one-time pad codes, right? Like if you just have the if you just have the oh, ciphertext of one of a one-time pad code, you could. This is actually kind of cool. Uh, if you're trying to pin something on somebody, like as like oh, a you prosecutor, could fake a one-time pad to just make yeah, it. You just any say, message. "Well, clearly this is the one-time pad that they must have used because here's where it, here's where this decodes into uh, time and date for the bomb." I totes killed uh, the president. Yeah. Lol. Yep. And also, I think the president was actually killed by a 14-year-old girl. You would have to. <laughs> you would have to. Uh, you'd have to come up with the original one-time pad. Uh, to prove them wrong, and then it's just wor your word against theirs. Mm. That was one of the elements of that Wildstar puzzle, is that one of the... Oh, yeah, so great. This was great. One of the shapes that was revealed in the backgrounds of all of the things was like, it just sort of looked like a weird rectangle with a little thing jutting out of it, and then some holes in it. Yeah, a bunch of And you holes. found, you had, to, you had to like first rotate it to square, and then mirror it, and find one of the, one of the early cue cards that purported to not have... Any, any actual on. meaning in it. It was like, oh, this one's not a puzzle. You can just skip to the next one. Hmm. 
then it, <sighs> it the the holes in that revealed the words this is a one time pad which then revealed that that card that frame was actually a one time pad for a later thing yep. that just appeared to be nonsense yeah it was like like it looked like a seriously it was like encrypted- a cryptogram with no spaces in it like it was just a series mm-hmm. of random letters yeah that seems that seems a little rude to declare a thing as not being part of a puzzle and even though it is yeah but well, it was pretty sarcastic i mean that, yeah. like it was it was fairly obvious that okay it was definitely part of the puzzle in the sense that it was a frame sandwiched between a bunch of other frames that had that also had data on them and it, it also had some of the numeric the graphical stuff in the sort of in the background and whatnot so <clears throat> it was a neat thing. Part of it, you had to go type the Konami code into the Wildstar website. And oh, yeah. And give you something else. And, yeah. There was so, one thing that was just some, some data that was, like, bin hexed. And right. that was another one where I got a lot of time saved by... Because it's like, I would have had to, like, retype the whole thing. But then I found some, like, online OCR thing that you could paste into. And then I just go correct all the O's into zeros or whatever. But I was just like, hey, David, like is this encoded in one of these formats and just pointed to like Wikipedia's list of binary to text encoding methods. And he said, yes. And I'm like, okay, so I could spend six hours trying them all or you could just tell me which one. (laughs) So he didn't, I got it. And then that, he was like, some of the people that solved that internally thought, oh no, it's still just nonsense. But what it resolved to was a chess game. Huh. Like the encoding of a chess game, and then you played the chess game, and it just arranged all of the pieces into a letter. Oh, that's yeah. nice. Yeah, no, it was really cool. It was it was super clever. I guess it was just like one dude at Carbine that that made this just thing, put all this and, together. That, yeah. and like people did like it was like there there was some like lack of faith. Like people were like, "Ah, oh, nobody's ever going to figure this out." But then but then Dave was like, "I don't know, man. There's there's like puzzle guys out there. I bet I bet this will get solved." And it took I feel like it took the internet twelve hours. I have become more pleased with our most recent uh, puzzle endeavor because it's a thing that if you had all the information, you could solve right away, but because it doles out information completely randomly. (laughs) Yeah. Do we want to, we don't want to spoil anything about it, right? Because it's not, it is not yet entirely understood even on on a basic level. Nope. Ah, man. So good. Yep. So good. It took like is, an hour. Are yep. you talking about something that I'm aware of and I just don't probably yeah, not what talking about? Oh yeah, do you does Yeah, you probably don't know about it. Huh. Huh. Mm, yeah. Uh there's a there's a forum thread. There's a forum thread about it. We'll talk about it. Once once people solve it, I'm this is this is the thing that you should be proud of, Kevin. You should brag. You should <laughs> brag on video games hot dog about about this thing that you did. That's no, all right. Um you don't like to take credit for anything. Have you been uh, playing any video games? Are you asking me, Zach? I am asking you, Zach. I have. Uh, I beat I beat Olmec. Oh, congratulations! Nice, yeah, thank you. And then I beat him four more times. <laughs> uh, because I realized, like, beating Olmec does not mean that you're done. Beating Olmec means you're good enough to sometimes beat Olmec, and mm-hmm. now it's time to start trying to go to hell. Yep. Um, so, yeah, what's your what's your next step? Yeah, get into hell. How, what, okay, well, what is your literal next, like, next thing that you need to do or figure out how to do or whatever? Well, I have not yet, uh, I have not yet done a run where I was able to get the head jet and kill Anubis. Okay. Right? Like, uh, I think 
the closest I got was I got to Anubis with the head jet, but then got killed by some environmental thing because Anubis wasn't positioned mm. in a way that I also learned. And this is stupid. I somebody posted in the in the in the video game talk forum thread about this actually, where I had said that I kind of thought of sticky bombs as being a liability, but that's just because I'm an idiot. I thought. For whatever reason, I did not realize that you could throw bombs. I didn't know that just using a bomb while pressing in a direction would just throw the bomb. And so the way that I always threw bombs was by dropping them on the ground, picking them up, and throwing them because I thought that's what you had to do. Mm. And with, oh, because that's how it works in Zelda. Yeah, and so I just basically never did it. Mm. Uh, but and and sticky bombs just sort of made that worse because if you don't hit anything, the bomb just kind of like squirts out in front of you and I thought that was the only way to actually use a bomb is totally not and uh yeah no so sticky bombs rule <laughs> did you watch there that video still... of the guy doing the eggplant oh launch? Jesus Christ yes ah, that was so, so nice it's so neat that like I don't know that that was intentionally supported by the game yeah that's a really good question right like well I mean you have to he definitely made the eggplant right, able to could do, do that, that thing. You could do it in co-op. co-op. You could do it in co-op, right? But yeah. you weren't. I don't know that you were supposed to be able to do it solo. I think that doing it solo was a trick because I get like making it. The, the one thing that makes me believe that maybe it was supported on purpose was the fact that you could. And you guys need to just watch what is it, like banana. It's an hour long. It's an hour it's, long, but it's if you know anything about Spelunky, it is a fucking amazing nail biting hour it is weird because it's you're watching it and you're like this is really slow and boring and like if you don't know enough you're like why is he doing this what's mm-hmm. happening but then it's like oh wow he's like totally being super careful and doing a bunch of stuff specifically so that he can like transport this very fragile object all yeah, the way through the game the, the robot seemed to me like the biggest key to it although I, I really yeah. don't understand what it was that he did with the ball and chain he, well, the ball and chain yeah. lets the ball and chain. This is this is why I suspect that it, there is a yes. possibility that it, this was intentionally supported. The ball and chain allows you to break out of the Moai head because yeah. normally, when you die and get resurrected inside the Moai head, you're not carrying anything, and the only thing that you can do is go through that door. I see. So the way that he was able to take an object with him into hell, which was the eggplant. What, or not into hell, just the way he was able to get past that, right? Because you you can't have the head jet and be carrying something yeah. past that glacier level, ice so, caves. Like, that's nuts. And then and then having to then to do have the a, single unlock of the. Although have the I think companion. you can just edit the. I think you can just edit the save file. I don't. I think he just restarted fresh because he didn't have any progress of any kind well you don't there isn't really any progress except for character unlocks no there's the like there's the dude that you give the things to the uh, tunnels. yeah but you you can't in order to do anything meaningful you have to start at the beginning right because you can't get the Ud jedi and, and you can't find the black market well, sure. unless you do it accidentally i don't actually know if you find the black market just on your own somehow which sometimes the border around it is just visible in the level you know, sometimes when the thing starts going off, I you look you can around. Still get and, the hell without the yeah, without the Jedi or whatever. Um, yeah, man, it's fucking good. I did not know until I watched that video that there was all kinds of fucking treasure up above Olmec. So <laughs> that 
dramatically improved my score the second time I beat him. And also, I, you can get there without without a billion bombs. Like, you can get there, and as long as you have a couple of ropes that will allow you to get right. up top, there's yeah. probably some bombs in those crates, and it's like, oh, that's much easier. That whole, like, the precision with which he had to, because it came down to one fucking bomb. Yep. Like, and him needing to <laughs> either... <laughs> Like he, if the if Olmec got down into the hole and didn't stomp, he was fucked. Yep. Ah, so good, so it good. It surprised me this to learn that the ghost so turns gems into diamonds. I knew that from watching some video. I think before I got the new PC version of Spelunky and played it. Um, I am so bad at avoiding the ghost, though. Mm-hmm. That yeah, especially it seems like hard as hell. I keep getting killed by the ghost because I find it so hard to move around with the climbing gloves. Like, I just haven't really... Like, I've internalized the platforming, but the climbing gloves fuck it up so much hmm. because you just always stick to stuff. I, be, I So I beat him the first time with... Like, I got to him via getting, like, cape and shotgun, and I'm pretty sure that's it. I just had enough bombs that I was able to, like, dig a real serious hole for him to fall into... Then the next time I actually had the jetpack, which is the first time I've ever really found that useful. Uh, third time, all I had was the climbing gloves for mobility, so that was much trickier. And then the fourth time, I just had nothing. Like, just, oh, huh, I am at Olmec. That's weird. I didn't think this game was going anywhere. Ah, um, oh God, it's such a fucking good game. Such a fucking good game. <laughs> Still, just for shit at the daily challenges, it's like... Part of it is I think I keep getting up and just the first thing I do is play the Spelunky daily challenge. And so I'm just like still kind of groggy and I haven't had coffee yet and I'm making excuses. <laughs> All I'm doing is whining about how I could have been a contender. That's a good morning uh, exercise. I'm starting to rethink my strategy of not buying much of anything when I'm doing the daily challenge. I think if I just start playing the daily challenge, and I've done this the last couple days, but then I just fucking get killed on some spikes in 1-3 or something. If I just play it like I'm playing Spelunky, because if you win, you get a shitload of money, right? And so then that ends up being a high score, and then it's like, oh, cool, I finally I beat Olmec on the daily challenge. Right. Uh, and I think that that's probably the right thing to do. Because my highest scoring games are the ones where I bought everything that I could in the first, like, eight levels. Ah, man. Spelunky is so fucking good. You guys. You guys. Jesus Christ. Get it working. Get it get it working on your max so that you can join the ranks of the real men who play Spelunky. Spelunky every day. I, uh, I don't think that I have played a single other video game. Besides Spelunky? Spelunky and the Assignment. Huh. I think that was it. What about you? I played Device 6 and played through all that. What'd you think? Um, I enjoyed it. I thought the I thought the design was incredibly compelling. Um, like the visual design or the game design? Visual design. The, like the, the design of the app itself. <laughs> like the way that they took what was basically sort of a text adventure with some pictures and made it into something that actually felt like you were traversing spaces in a really neat way. Like without just they just didn't need a lot of graphics, right? Like all they had were a couple of black and white pictures and some line art 
and the whole thing just came together in a really compelling way. Um, I kind of wish there was more of it. There were, you know, there really were only like 10 puzzles or so. And, and I just wanted more, you know, and that's, that's just me being greedy. Um, (laughs) Understandable uh, though. Yeah. Like it was just great. Like it was way more, it was way more straightforward than year walk and just super compelling. Like your walk was like a little scary and the puzzles were kind of obtuse and they, were all, and they were all over the place, right? This one was very compartmentalized and yeah. there, were, there were not really a lot of places for you to go. Right. I did get stuck one. I, I don't know. I feel like we talked about this last time, but I got I stuck know. once and ended up looking at a walkthrough because I was like, you know, I'm just not going to keep messing with this. The um, welcoming words puzzle. Like I just hadn't listened to the entire VO at the funeral. Oh, because okay. I was like, eh, this doesn't sound like it's important. Right. <laughs> Which is foolish. But, yeah, uh, you kind of just have to take your time and look at everything. I mean, it's like you didn't need to listen to the entire... Even though that song is pretty good, you didn't learn anything from that song, right? And in a lot of cases, there is just ambient audio that is not important. And so it almost, like... Yeah, that's a good That's a good point. Like, I... I was I'm just say, rationalizing this is a, my foolishness. This is a, well, I mean, it's a criticism that I was leveling against our assignment uh, when I was talking to you about it earlier, that I didn't against device six and i don't know why that is um you know device six tries to be sort of like a a rich environment to to explore and that in my mind is like hiding stuff by like just being content like puzzle content in in this sort of rich environment seems okay to me in a way that some of the stuff that uh, the assignment did was not as fun um, and then the other game that I spent some time playing was uh, Bubsy 3D. Oh, I was just rip- I was just looking at that. How how is that? That looked crazy. It is bizarre. Uh, as a game, I I don't think there is much enjoyment there as a game, but as sort of a weird exploration slash metagame it's kind of fascinating Hmm. there are you sort of play through it and there's a bunch of sort of meaningless stuff but you don't i mean you don't know that right like it's just and is the first level is like a reproduction of a james terrell exhibit well the second level okay is a is a reproduction of an actual exhibit in la in a museum right now i think um and then and then there's this weird bobsled race. Like a coffin bobsled. Yeah. yeah. And then you're in hell for a little while. Um, I saw some skeletons. That looked pretty yep. cool. Yep. It sounds kind but, of like a the Catamites game. It is, it is made sort of interesting beyond that, though, by all of the different modes that the game has. Um, there are about probably... 10 or 15 different sort of modifiers. modalities. Yeah, and some of them are pretty drastic differences and some of them aren't. Some of them are just like cosmetic, but you can stack them all, so you can have like a bunch of crazy shit going on all at the same time, which is neat. Um, yeah, I, I it, it was it's probably more of a toy than a game, but it is 
it is worth spending a little bit of time if you like exploring weird unstructured puzzle type spaces what was the what was the exhibit actually like it's weird because we like roy and i went to high school with james terrell's daughter okay and are friends with her and so that's that's the context in which i am aware of james terrell i had never heard artist. of him as an like apparently before. he's like he's well regarded well he's made a living as an artist doing these like massive like building scale installations he, this for one was mostly a really long time him and his use of light as a sculpting medium so is he like thomas kincaid a painter of light he's not uh <laughs> or like brandon bird he like in the in the game there's a quote by him that says if if you're using light to tell a story you're not letting light do what it needs to do <laughs> like you're like you're you're using the or something like that um the uh you're subverting the use of light for narrative purposes rather than uh than for are you looking up a quote yeah i'm just gonna look up james terrell yeah so like there's a bunch of crazy um stuff it is possible that i have seen a work of his at the ica there's rodin crater what is that purple one what the on the the on the image search that you just did on that front page there's like a purple one with squares yeah so there's like some that might be something that I have seen in, in person, but I don't know that for sure. He does these things that use light as like sculptural elements. It's, they're neat. Um, even in the game, you can see, like, it's sort of like, huh, that's kind of cool. So, yeah, I, you know, check it out. You'll, you'll probably uh, spend 10 minutes on it and then be confused. And then maybe 20 more minutes being like, this is, fascinating and dumb all at the same time <laughs> he's an artist primarily concerned with light and space so yep. that sounds pretty awesome yep uh there's a bunch of like little things hidden around that are neat um to discover but i don't know how valuable they are a lot of them are frogs <laughs> huh so it just really does sound like that Remember that talking frog weird frog game that, frog fractions no the weird frog game that porpentine showed at that gdc talk that just looked ridiculous i don't remember that yeah yeah i it's super weird oh do you mean so, that yeah. ouya game adventures of the amazing frog or whatever mm, i don't know i don't know huh. this didn't this seemed like a this seemed just like a you know weird artsy pc game there were a lot of things going on. A lot of things would talk to your frog, say things that may or may not have made any sense, I guess, to a, a frog. So, Riff, what, what have you been playing? Uh, pretty much all I played, other than the assignment, was uh, World of Warcraft, actually. Oh, uh, yeah? What are you doing yeah. in World of Warcraft? Because the, uh, the new expansion was announced, it, that reminded me of the fact that I had not played any of the two most recent content patches so there was like a bunch of dungeons and raids that i hadn't seen yet so did I you go to the timeless in. isle and kill some big fucking snakes yeah i sure did and did like treasure hunts and that timeless isle is really cool the jumping puzzles to get to those chests and i managed to destroy one of them by having a by being an engineer so I could glide to it instead of having to do the actual platforming. So that made me feel smart. And, uh, yeah, there's a lot of really neat stuff there. So just, Plus, like, being an engineer didn't make you feel smart? 
Like being what? Oh, just being an engineer? Yeah, well, <laughs> don't <laughs> kind of run like out mages. of smart things to, to build as an engineer normally. <laughs> don't mages have Featherfall to do the same kind of thing? And uh, and uh, priests have like Levitate? I don't know if... I don't know if those uh, allow you to get horizontal movement the way the engineering glider does. Hmm. Okay. But, I don't know, maybe. The um, Also, I, I uh, managed to get the uh, super crazy elaborate uh, shoulder pads that I was looking for to complete my transmog outfit. So my my lady werewolf looks particularly awesome now. <laughs> How did you decide on what you wanted to transmog everything into? Uh, I found I I don't remember exactly what the initial piece was, but there were like one or two items of clothing that I thought worked really nicely together, and because they were like the same shade of blue, so I started looking for pieces that matched that. And, and worked well together as a set. And then Did the last thing was external. these shoulder pads, which are like blue feathers with like an electrical crackling effect. And also feathers are constantly like falling off of it and vanishing ghostly style. They were like okay. tier 11 shoulders or something. But yeah, looks awesome. Did uh, Did you go to external websites that had like Outfit yes, yeah. There, uh, I think it was ic-veins.com was the one I used that that you could pull up just a page that was every single, uh, for example, every single leather pants, and you and if you see one you like and you click on it, it tells you what actual in-game items have that model and what quests you need to do to get them or what monsters you need to kill. Wow. Huh. Okay, I can see how that would would be a thing. Yeah, I'm yeah. looking at this. Uh, I'm looking at this web page, and there's definitely a lot of uh, very similar looking uh, things wearing that these dudes are wearing. This is Shaman, and there's a fucking human model. That is not okay. It seems like <laughs> what seems what like, uh, what races are shamans? Oh, I don't know. Orcs used to just be orcs and. Troll. No. Well, yeah, orcs and trolls. Oh, and shaman was the horde only class. Yeah. And then the Draenei, they let the Draenei right. be shaman. That's right. Shaman it used to be that only, only alliance could be paladin and only or, and only horde could be shamans. Yeah. And we liked it. Yep. <laughs> Actually, I did like it. I was like, check it out. We're going to jump off of a big thing and then I'm going to cast water walking on you right before you hit the ground. Yeah, that's a pretty good trick. That's kind of that's kind of the reason well, related to the reason why I I'm still stuck on Alliance is because I don't know the werewolf. I feel like the 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 werewolf race is just the awesomest race. And if I do get to and I enjoy playing a druid. So if I wanted to be Horde, my only choices of race would be Cowman or racist caricature. <laughs> so Well, they're all sort of racist caricatures, right? Yeah, like, but the Jamaican trolls are kind of a little more so. There's, there's the Jamaican trolls. There's the urban orcs. There's the, there's the native taurans. And then there's the, like, metalhead undead. Yeah, the punk. punk. Poison punk rockers. 
Yeah, the undeads are kind of cool. I if I would seriously consider changing faction over if if uh, if undeads could be druids, but that is likely to also, not ever happen. Fucking worgen should be horde. Yeah, yeah, that's weird. So, like, what does a worgen have the ability to change shape? It's just cosmetic, you can right? actually, but it's not useful for anything. <laughs> you can you can revert to your human form, and you just look like a random, well, not a random. You're assigned a particular one based on the coloring that you've chosen for your fur or whatever. But yeah, uh, you you do have a human form, but there's no reason ever to use it. It's interesting that they're redoing those character models for the old races. Have you seen any pictures of that? I have a couple. Do they look good? Yeah, I mean they they you know their their art direction is so consistent that I'm not sure yeah. that if you had showed me that I would have said, "Oh, that's a totally new thing." Like cuz I don't think that the old character models look bad. I remember when uh when when our when our Wildstar friend was here, he and I uh rolled some rolled some Torrens and played oh, That's right. To, like, I saw that mentioned on 20. Twitter. Uh What was and, the what was your character's name? Oh god, I fucking made a cow pun. I didn't even want to, so so I have to have a four letter name, and you 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 run out of those when a server reaches a certain age. Like the 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 good short four letter names are already taken. I ended up naming him K U H D. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Fucking cow joke. I can't. <laughs> it's so I think that maybe all of the Torrens that I have seen whose names are cow jokes, they are they hate it as much as me. They're like, oh, fuck, no. I hate that. I hate those cow jokes. And then they're like, I'm going to roll a Tauren. God damn it. I mean, there was that one character named Cow Pun. Lame Cow Pun. <laughs> Lame Cow Pun. That was pretty good. Yeah, pretty good. I liked the uh, f- human female priest named Holy Jugs. Oh, yeah. It's pretty good. Ah, man. So have you guys heard about this Share Cart 1000 thing? I I don't know what that is. I I noticed that the directory contained in the zip file of Post Future Vagabond yeah. said ShareCart one thousand, and then the way that you run Post Future Vagabond is by running a batch file in that okay. directory, which is pretty good. Um, so apparently, what this is is a uh, sort of very very loose collaborative uh, video game um, system that. Uh, our friend Alex uh, Droken, um, and a friend of his, Damien, uh, he's the guy that made the Yogg and a couple other games, um, came up with as a way to... They're, they're both such, like, solo video game artists that they, like, had been talking about doing collaborative work for a while and just could never actually do it because they just like to do everything on their own. Um, and so they came up with this idea. What if we made a series of video games that all shared the same save file? And so you have to, like, theoretically, if you make a game that's a share cart 1000 game, you have like a specific palette that you're supposed to use and then a specific share save file that you're supposed to use um, that has a bunch of different fields in it. And you're supposed to use every field. Um, and then those are like the rules. And then you just make a game that does that. And then playing one game will affect how the huh. other games play. Yeah. Um, which sounds super interesting. I, I only ever played the one, I only ever played Post Future Vagabond. So now I kind of want to like down, download Fjords or something and see what happens when I've got two games in the same 
in yeah Shepard that's Wendell that's family. pretty intriguing that's uh, yeah and so i don't know I, I think the idea is probably that it has unpredictable effects to the other games when you play a different one and, and save somewhere you know so that's that's i'm pretty excited about learning about that apparently they came up with this idea back in march but it took a bunch of months for uh for anything to actually get finished so now there i think there are five games in the share cart 1000 collaboration Droken posted to twitter that he was thinking about doing a game maker version of the share cart oh neat also which is interesting someone put a put a share cart 1000 thing on a puzzle script game but i don't know if that's real because i don't think they have save <laughs> files huh. so we'll see I, uh, what, what I saw in the news that I was excited about was the FTL expansion. Although, mm. it was frustrating to me. Why the fuck did I find out about this, like, eight months before it's coming out? Um, because they are building excitement for it. That's yeah, how, there, that's it's how, not like anybody who didn't already have FTL is going to buy it as a result of this. Like, why? Chris Avalon has a bunch of fans sure. that don't necessarily have... Yeah. have Wait, not necessarily by fans, fans I mean, mean, it was also an announcement because, yes, of the does. iPad version coming out, so... Yeah, it's, there's a bunch of stuff. Yeah, but, man. I don't like it when I read about something and I'm like, ah, cool, I'm going to go buy this or play this right now. Oh, it's out in uh, nine months. Yeah. Oh, right. Yeah, that is that is a problem I have noticed on just about every video game site I read is trying not to get excited about something they're talking about until I can figure out if this is a review or a preview. Yep. Huh. I I don't have that problem, but then again, I also... You have a billion game backlog. I do, and I almost never, I almost never play something that is super current. So. Whereas I, I am just on the cutting edge. That's true. <laughs> if I leave the cutting edge, I can't breathe. You only want to play games that nobody else is allowed to play because you're getting them early. Riff, have you seen a news uh, bit? Uh, I did notice that uh, Unity 4.3 came out. I haven't had the opportunity to look at it yet. Did Although, you notice it because you made an entire game and released it and it's a huge hit? Yeah. <laughs> uh, when it came up uh, last week and... Uh, uh, and Game Maker was brought up. I after the show, I went and looked at Game Maker again because I felt like there there had been some reason that I wasn't working in Game Maker beyond just the fact that that I I don't care for the the way it's presented. And it turned out that yeah, the the reason is that Game Maker Studio, which is the version of Game Maker that is actually currently in development and has all the good features, is Windows only. So I couldn't use it even if I wanted to. Sure, you could. You could boot into Windows, yeah. or you could get a real Ugh. computer. For fuck's sake, Ugh. guys! Ugh. You I goddamn mean, clowns! I don't mind booting into Windows. It's it's just that it, it's it is a little frustrating having such a divided workflow like every every time i go into windows to play a game the time i spend in windows gives me pain oh please it's not that bad riff the other day despite the fact that i have automatic updates turned off a game shut down in the middle of a cut scene so that it could ask me if i wanted to install an update <laughs> i have i had to I thought I had turned all of my updates off, and I just clearly hadn't, um, because I was in the middle of some game, some assignment we were playing the other day, and the computer just shut down and rebooted. And I was like, how the fuck is this the 
default shipping state of a fucking computer that it will just without your permission shut yeah. down and restart like that is insanity just everything about windows just feels clumsy and does not give a crap about my experience man i hope you guys i hope you guys are enjoying your fucking steve jobs kool-aid because you I certainly are drinking enough of it why don't you? You know. You know what? Uh, what? Maybe. Maybe our next assignment will be Dark Castle again because I know you guys can play that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you just play that forever. Yeah. Or a uh, Tux Racer. <laughs> well, we could oh, play. Man. I have no mouth and I must scream because what if that you made, is a game that came out for Mac. What if you made a game in which you were uh, trying to ease the pain of hemorrhoids more quickly? than other medicated pads called Tux Racer. Oh. T-U-C-K-S. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, what do you think? Are you like... (laughs) What do you guys guys think? Are you sliding down a ramp on your butt? No, you are sliding down a butt. Oh, it's it's like an inverse um, Guitar Hero. Right, because like the person is sliding down the the slide or whatever, and you're trying to put stuff. Oh, you're trying on to put tracks. medicated pads <laughs> yeah. in their way, or you're trying to get like the normal toilet paper. They're like, oh, I don't want that. That's gonna make my hemorrhoids hurt a lot. Um, sometimes there's like a there's like a like a spike in <laughs> the path. Sandpaper. And if you hit that, it's oh, just geez. like ah, oh, blood mode. Oh. Yeah, there's some sandpaper. Yeah, it's great. God. Yeah. This is good. You got ass vampires chasing you? Sure. Okay. Sure. Yeah. All right, guys. Tux Racer. <laughs> hey, so this assignment. Yeah. I have no mouth, and I must scream. I took a lot of notes about this. I feel like I this game gave me a lot of feelings. This game gave me a lot of thoughts. <laughs> I don't think this is a very good game. I had an game. extremely difficult time getting into it. I, I tried, I think, in three different play sessions to just get as far as I could, and each time I just got really sleepy and would just end up sleepy. Yeah, just like tired. Like just I, huh. like it was just not compelling enough to keep me interested or excited. I think if I hadn't played it, but like I don't, I didn't remember anything more than just kind of scattered images of it. I did not actually remember any puzzle solutions or anything, mm-hmm. but I, I ended up, I played through three fifths of it, but then my save file got corrupted. Oh. I would load the save and my character just wasn't on the screen. Like everything was there and you could mouse over stuff, but you just couldn't issue any commands because your character wasn't there. Huh. <laughs> uh, and I, and I, my previous file was so much earlier that I was like, you know what? I am just going to watch an hour and a half of videos of the rest of this, and I'll lose a little bit. There's one uh, funny guy who does a Let's Play of it that uh, <laughs> I couldn't really stand watching. And then there is there is one uh, YouTube video series that's just a silent playthrough. I I prefer insightful commentary. Yeah. If, yeah. if, if that is an option, that's what the kind of Let's Play that I would like to have. But, I mean, a game... A game whose, a game the entirety of whose strength is sort of dark atmosphere. Mm-hmm. You don't want some jokey. No, douche. yeah, you don't want a guy cracking wise. Yeah, especially sure. if he's not actually funny. 
But you want somebody that is like, if I had done this instead, it would have caused this. Or this is the reason I'm choosing this, because there's three other different possibilities. And like somebody sure. who knows the game really well is what you want. Yeah, I mean, I got, I, you know, I got that out of reading facts about it. And, you know, and then I watch videos of all the endings or whatever. It is, it is weird. And I mean, this was, you know, reading that article from Game Informer from a few years ago, it was basically publisher pressure that made it so the game had a win state. Right, oh, like because the story is very much just like a crazy, depressing tragedy of a story. Apparently, it was just written in one night. Like he just like sat down at a typewriter and wrote the story like one night in nineteen sixty six. The the original short story or the story yeah from yeah, this game? and then just okay. barely barely edited it. That article about the making of this game was interesting. Like. It was like there were two guys that worked on it, and one of them was like, "Yeah, Harlan Ellison was not an asshole at all. He was really nice to me." And then the other guy was like, "Yeah, that guy's an asshole." <laughs> uh, he just decides that he doesn't. Uh, once he decides that you're dumb, he doesn't have any patience with you. Or if you're a woman, I guess he probably doesn't care for you. Um, so, to me, this was a game that, like, its reach exceeded its grasp a little bit. Okay, and so. It fails in my mind on a lot of levels as a video game, mm. like in terms of the actual like interactions. So like, there's not really, like, it was very sparse. Maybe if you had read the manual, you would understand that like the portrait of you oh, is yeah. this like meaningful meter did not of your. That at all. What did they What did they call it? The, uh, something the spirit barometer. Something spiritual barometer. Yeah. Yeah. That's. I did not realize that by looking at the book, I was fucking over my spiritual barometer yeah. until I was like, what What the fuck? Looking at what book? Looking at the at the psychological profile, the, the oh. hint book that just fucks you over. That just ruins yep. your spiritual barometer. Oh, so if you ever yep. get a hint, you can't get the good ending? Yep. Lame. Yeah. And yeah. interestingly, if you know about the spiritual barometer and are carefully playing each character to get them all the way up to white so that you can get the good ending you are likely to notice the bug, which is that Ellen's barometer doesn't turn white, even if you okay. do everything perfect. Yeah, I was, I was really annoyed. Like, I was like, I don't understand what I did that caused any like, negativeness. Yeah. So yeah, Damn. that I mean, that kind of sucks. It, it, I really still enjoy it. I, I played it several times and I still remembered pretty much all of the solutions there were there were a couple of times I think when when I didn't get to white on somebody and I, I looked up a thing just to see what I had missed and then went back and played it again and then I ran out of time so I didn't uh, I didn't have enough time left to play the end game uh, without a walkthrough but uh, I mean yeah it's got some little teething problems there there's things like uh, like there like there's a problem in adventure games like this where if an object is not useful now but will be useful later you need that initial description not to plant the idea in the player's head that this thing will never be useful yeah i was like cole cole saw on steam that i was playing this game and i talked to him about it a little bit the other night cuz it's like one of his favorite games i'm sort of interested to see like what he has to say about it on hexcrank hmm. uh but, but I, you know, something that I said to him, like, that really frustrated me that had just happened is you go to click on the fucking CD-ROM 
in that yeah. Egyptian statue. That and was one says, of the two specific examples I was thinking And it says of. there's nothing else there. Yep. Yeah. Which is a fucking nonsense. Yep. Like, that is the thing that would happen if you clicked on it after you had already taken it. But there are just the... The, the game is rife with these invisible world state changes that... Like, it, the, the TED section, I kind of feel like is just bullshit from start to finish. Like... You go in there, and it's like, all right, well, here's here. Watch this cutscene, and then go choose one of these five things, and four of them will just make it so you have to fucking start over, and one of them actually starts your level. Which, mm. like, what is the point of that? I mean, I guess what you're supposed to—that's th- a puzzle, and the puzzle is that well, Ted is paranoiac, right? That is why he is being kept alive, is so that Am can delight in his paranoia Mm -hmm. and ted is the narrator in the original short story um the characters don't have a lot going on in the original story i didn't feel like they had a lot going on in this no they had backstories right they had backstories and personality problems and actually the this I don't game know that is having like a list of four facts is a backstory though like none of them Mm. actually seemed like they I, there, mean, there aren't Alan's many case, games though that of... that work the narrative so deeply around a particular character's character flaws instead of it being a purely external aggressor though. Like this and Silent Hill Two are pretty much the only ones I can think of where solving the game means you have to take into account what this person needs to do to be a better person rather than just you know how do I beat the bad guy. And that's 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 kind that's a notable thing about it. It's interesting like they so it seems like Nimdok's story in the game is made so important to the actual events of the 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 history up to <laughs> that point, right? Like he was the one that discovered the genetic technology that has allowed Am to keep them alive and he was the one that uh what what else did he do there was another there was another it thing was like that the morphogenic was... field or whatever that that led yeah but then there was one more also the, so bad and stuff the insinuation in that cutscene that that hitler killed himself because in trying to build a device that would show them the future they built a device that would that was just a mirror that when you looked at it it would show you yourself objectively <laughs> and when hitler used it he committed suicide huh. and that's weird because was that real in the history of the this <laughs> right like you know is that like was that meant to be so like clearly oh like was that a thing that actually actually happened in in this version of earth or is that was yeah. that just part of the story yeah, like made what, up for the simulation in this in That's this story question. did that mirror exist in the 40s or yeah. is it just like so that's the short story is horrifying in a really weird way because it's not like it kind of presages the matrix in a lot of ways okay except that it's not fake in the story right like basically the computer the 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 military ai skynet wins but then keeps these people alive just to fuck with them 
And there isn't any real sense of like, and it talks about this in the Game Informer article, there's no real sense of why these people were chosen. And some of them, I mean, like Nimdok, you could see, well, he's being punished. Uh, Benny, you could kind of see as he's being punished. But the other people are just sort of like, and I mean, I guess Ted's being punished too, but because he was sort of a dirtbag. But Ellen was just a victim. Yeah, Ellen was a victim and so was Gorister. Yeah. Oh, because the, like his mother-in-law. Yeah. yeah. And and so it's like just these different ways of experiencing torment is why Am was keeping them around. But like the fact that everything that was happening to them was real, right? Like Am was just altering reality <laughs> to fuck with them. And that's how it is in the book, too. I mean, Am just has like near perfect control over the environment. And so it's like, well, this is hell, except it's not really supernatural, <laughs> Right, so it's like it's just it's it's that's a terrifying idea. That it is something could something in the real world could make something that was just infinite torture. Yeah, just optimized for unpleasantness, yeah. like just this this malevolent and omnipotent force that all it cares about is making you have Miserable. as bad an experience yeah. as possible. Like that is terrifying. In a way that, in a way that, like, even if the Matrix was like, oh, the Matrix is fucking terrible, like, the Matrix is just torture forever, at least you're like, well, it's not real, right? I mean, it's just, it's it's kind of like a nightmare, whereas mm-hmm. this is like, no, wow, this is, like, it's, the, the, this game has, in in my mind, some sort of thematic and atmospheric similarities to Planescape Torment, because... The Planescape setting in a kind of a contrived, oh, like, this is a thing that exists in a world where there is magic, so this is plausible, has what this has in a, in a very literal sense, which is that, like, and there's even a guy, one of the guys, I think, like, Surgat in the endgame, when you talk to Surgat, he's like, yeah, Amos had a real hard-on for symbolism lately, <laughs> which explains why everything that's happened to you in this game is just these like physical manifestations of idioms. Yeah. Of, of idioms and, and, and of just, you know, just like pure emotion and metaphor made manifest, which is, which is neat. I think it seems like maybe like, you know, from, from that passage about like Ellison saying like, Oh, well this puzzle is you have to let her off the hook. You know, like this woman is hanging on a meat hook and you have to like figure out like Norden Burt couldn't make head or tails of it style <laughs> right. to let her off the hook. Uh, you have to which, bury the Like past. you just can't try. Ugh. Yeah. Come that on. one didn't you even have, occur to me. <laughs> there's like the milk of human kindness that yep. uh, it like comes out of a machine that electrocutes dogs. Like <laughs> what? <laughs> like that's, wait, that's what that means? Because I like never would have thought of that. <laughs> like... Yep, <laughs> it's um. You fall like a lead zeppelin. Mm. Uh, that cool. said, though, like th- going out and it's like, oh yep, that's my heart impaled on this spike on the front of the zeppelin, and that's how the zeppelin knew where to go. Like that's yeah. uh, pretty awesome. <laughs> like as much as you know, as much as, as a lot of it is like, well, okay, so there was some of the stuff was written, and then they decided to like not go anywhere with those game systems or whatever. The the story, it just I, I mean like because our forums are also the internet. There seem to be some like 
there were a couple of posts to the effect of like, yeah, this game is is sort of problematic in the way that it deals with gender. I don't know how I actually feel hmm. about that. Like, I feel like Harlan Ellison is probably as he is at least as misogynistic in temperament as any other 80 year old, you know, <laughs> and 80 year old man. Um, it's Ellen is pretty sympathetic as a character and does overcome everything the way that everybody else does. There's, you know, in the story, there's like some weird sexual tension overtones. But, I mean, if you sort of think about, like, any five people who can fuck, if you put them in a room for a hundred years, they're going to fuck, right? <laughs> so, and, that, and that's bound to create some, you know, some, some tension, some competitiveness. Like, I don't know that that's necessarily, like, a problematic portrayal so much as it is just, like, a hypothetical portrayal that is what you would come up with if you tried to imagine, like, well, what would happen if, like, you know, these people can't die, they're just fucking bored all of the time that they're not being tortured. Like, you know, what are you going to do? I mean, plus, you can pit them against each other with that weird shit, right? Because, I mean, in the in the story, like, Benny, all that war stuff is just made up. Like, Benny was just, like, a gay guy. That's, like, that's the only... The only flaw they point to in Benny's past is that he was gay, and the reason... And it's like, he makes it so Benny is the only one that Ellen enjoys having sex with, kind of as a joke, because Benny is gay. Huh. You know, which is like, alright, that's a way to upset a lot of people all at once. Right. (laughs) Like, I... Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I mean... It's hard for me to it's hard for me to think it's hard for me to imagine what Ellison's intent is with basically anything because of the very little that I know about Ellison most of which has been reported by people that he was mean to yeah. which would be true if he was mean to everybody or if he was mean to 1% of the people that he met because nobody ever writes down anything nice about somebody, right? Like they all, all you ever hear is like, oh yeah, he, he called me stupid. Like, you know, he's just like some cantankerous dick. I feel like there are probably a lot of people who would say the same thing about Kurt Vonnegut. But wasn't he also a cantankerous dick? Sure. But nobody sits around talking about what an asshole he was. Well, maybe some people talk about what an asshole he was. I don't know. Have you ever heard anybody say anything bad about Kurt Vonnegut? Riff? Not that I can recall. Just that he was like, I remember hearing. Super I remember recusive. hearing it said that he was aloof, but I, I never heard anyone say he was an asshole. I, th- I think my favorite moment in this game is comforting a child by giving him a doll made out of his mother's skull. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. Let's just take this into that hole with you. That'll be so, fun. <laughs> as originally designed, there was no way to win. I mean, I think that probably. My understanding of it was that Ellison probably didn't want there to be a way to win. Yeah, but they had to. Although, interestingly, in Germany, there still is no way to win. Because the the German version of the game removed uh, Nimdok's scenario entirely. Oh, whoa. 
So yeah, that since, was... so since you couldn't play that, you couldn't get the best ending because you need, you know, you need Nimdok's particular uh, totem. That was that was an interesting overall structure that the things that you do in the story result in one item being taken with you yeah. that then you you have to interact with all of these random abstractions using other random abstractions in a way that I can't I cannot believe that anybody like figured out how to get the good ending just any way other than just trying trying everything over and over again which is like a thing that you would do because that was the one game you had that year how adventure games worked right yeah I kind of once once you realize that that if you if you've gotten everybody to their to their best ending in their particular scenario then they get this one object and they're what five electrical towers or whatever then each one can be deactivated with one of these objects then that that puts you most of the way on the way to figuring that out and the rest of it is just figuring out what the combinations are but but yeah, I I only three. really there are only nailed down like, the idea of, of what that goal was in this playthrough. I don't think I ever got the best ending playing without walkthroughs as a kid, just because it never really clicked for me that that the the interaction between these items and these power conduits and there's one for each character, you know. But still, but are, are there two of them that you just don't use? There, no, I believe you use all of them. Are you I mean, thinking is there something, about something in particular? Well, there are five characters and only three towers. Do you do you have to use one of them on Surgot at the beginning and then one of them later after you've shut down the three there towers? Are, are you sure there's only three? There are four. There's id, lights. ego, and superego. No, no, I, I don't mean those. I mean the... Like the uh, the pylons or like the electrical things that you get to sprout out of the ground by doing various stuff. Huh. Like, are you uh, playing the Wii version of this game, Riff? <laughs> no, no. This is this is to, like, for example, there's like Nimdok's little room in that area that's got like the pit with the barbed wire and the five skulls. There, one of the skulls has a hand underneath it that if you if you like clasp the hand you hear the 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 inmates voice talking to you and like a structure sprouts up out of the hole which is Nimdok's particular power conduit that he can shut down and each, did, each character has one of those uh, that was not in the ending that I watched at all huh Nimdok did the entire thing and Nimdok is the only one that can do the entire thing because he's the only one that can cross the bridge in the beginning to get to Surgat. He's the one that knows the password to Twelve. to cause to cause the bridge to extend. But if he then subsequently dies and you pick another character, the bridge is still open. Huh. So yeah, the way it plays out is that you you start out with Nimdok and then have him you know raise the bridge and then do his power conduit and then you kill him and then you get somebody else and run them through to do their power thing and then you kill them and then the last character does their power thing and then does the the id ego super ego stuff to to win the game that was not how the ending that i watched worked at all 
unless I unless I just fell asleep during it or something. Was the what what was the ultimate ending of the game? Like what happens? You go you go like what happens to humanity? Yeah. Like Nimdok becomes the becomes Am basically like and oversees the 300-year terraforming process that the <laughs> lunar colony undergoes to reseed Earth. That's interesting. That's the same thing I got. So maybe all that stuff is just completely extraneous. But that, because I mean, you there, go, though. you go, and you use each, you use the totems on the id, the superego, and the and the and the ego, <laughs> and then you go back to the summoning circle where the Rus- where the Chinese computer and the Russian computer are, and those three faces that you've shut down are in the summoning circle, and then you use one of the other totems yeah. there. Yeah, all the all the other totems that you ended up with unused. The uh, were were the stuff that you used to uh, to deal with the power conduits. Well, but some of them you had to use on the id, the ego, and the superego to get them to shut themselves off. Yeah, but there's more than just those. Huh. Nothing I saw about this ending led me to believe that you needed anything more than those three totems. Huh. I, that, yeah, yeah huh. maybe you can. I guess you can get the best ending without getting everybody up to white, then, because it's the the totems that you get for completing the spiritual barometers are the totems that you use to to deal with the power conduits. Hmm. Weird. It's weird. I wonder if I wonder if there is some part of the game that ended up unfinished or something. I don't know. It seemed like there were a lot of things that were the the game was so. So much of the time, you would click on something, and your dude would like walk backwards toward it. Yeah, like yeah. I it, I uh, I did not actually write down any notes, but one of the notes that I mentally wrote down was that the art is pretty good, but the animation is not very good at all. I mean, there were like, it it did this thing that that I feel like, had I been in charge, I would have said, you know we can figure out how to do this without this where every character was rendered at like 10 different sizes. And so all of them were like a three frame walk animation. And so it just looked like weird, like a Sesame street stop action cartoon or something (laughs) when they were moving around as I, yeah, I don't know, you know, the, the space quest games and those Sierra games had real fluid animations because there was only one dude size, really. Sure. Uh, I liked a lot of the art. This is... Things that are of that sort of vintage often have my kind of favorite art style, but there is a distinction between things that began their life as digital art, like I think a lot of the Items. A lot of the inventory items were just drawn a pixel at a time, but it seems like a lot of the backgrounds were digitized from paintings, and so they're just not—they're not nearly as good. Like they're—they're—they're they're, they're good in their own way. Like they're—they're they're, they're good paintings, but they just don't. It makes it really hard to like know. Like, all right, well, where are the things that I can fucking go to? Which of these things can I interact with? Yeah, I found the pixel hunting aspect of, of uh, particularly Gorister's story to be really frustrating. It took me a, a million years to find the milky, porky wonder. Like literally a million years. Yep. And what the fuck are you talking about? We just ate a milky, porky wonder for dinner. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, what are you talking about? The, the milk of solution? human kindness? 
Like oh, most oh, of mm. if you, if you mouse over that panel, most of it resolves to the lever. And if you just ha- don't happen to to mouse over the very small section that that tells you to pick up the that you can pick up the vial, you just think, oh well, this whole control panel is just the lever. And then like n- noticing the fork under the oven was something that I missed the first two or three times I went into that room. What do you need the fork for? To shut down the engine. Oh right. Of course. Yeah, exactly, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, if I, hadn't, if I hadn't played through the game several times in the past already and remembered most of the solutions up, up to, like, Ted, I think I never, I never really uh, got Ted to completion back in the day because he was always the last character. But, uh, I think you lose spiritual barometer by fucking people. In Ted's story, <laughs> that's I find the opposite of that is true in real life. Normally, if I want to turn green and then white, I have to fuck a bunch of people. It, that was another thing that looked really gross. The like the backgrounds on the characters, like whenever it would play some music and then it would suddenly like that color would change. It would be like, all right, you didn't really. Anti-alias this guy against the color that he was going to be on. And that's like, that would have been like six, you know. GIFs. Yeah, six, like 60 by 100 graphic. Like, like this was CD-ROM era. Like, you god damn it. Well, but the CD-ROM isn't there. Oh, right, right. There's nothing there. Yeah. When you go to to put that disc in your computer, it's like there's nothing left there. I can't pick this up because it's in a giant yellow statue. I can't. I just can't do it. I don't. Oh, you know. Wait, wait. Let me let me traverse this giant area with a blindfold on, and be fine with it. But then, oh wait, I go into a room with some yellow in it with the blindfold on, and I can't cross it because the room is yellow. <sighs> yeah, I mean, yeah. There was a bunch of logical inconsistencies that drove me nuts. I don't mind. I can't deal with this because it's yellow, and I'm traumatized by yellow as a gameplay conceit. It's. It's clumsily. It's just. I think super all of the awkward. gameplay conceit. It, yeah, I mean, it the seems justifications like justifications for a lot it of. It seems the, like, like and, and, the, and, the, and I think that this, this, the article bears this out that this is a game that was made by people who hadn't really made games right before, and you know, there are a lot of bad adventure games, and I think that like maybe adventure games are just bad. I mean, so this I feel like lives up to your ideal, which is know or don't care about the story but really cool setting yeah like the setting is fascinating this is very very good at the things that i think that video games are the best at yeah which is why which is why i you know i'm willing to cut it some slack and read a walkthrough or just watch an experienced playthrough of it Mm -hmm. so that i can experience those things that are good about it i mean it's just the gameplay of adventure games is really frustrating generally like either they're easy adventure games for babies or they're just frustrating like i guess i'll buy the hint book things right and so you lose yeah this is if if i were to make an adventure game i would i would want to figure out a way to make it make sense solve itself for babies no, but make it make sense, but then have there be multiple layers of potential interaction, you know? 
like have a straightforward way to solve all the problems, but then a secondary way which solves the problems, but in a in a way that unlocks additional areas or dialogue or whatever, right? Like that seems way more compelling to me. Yeah. So like an immersive sim adventure game. It doesn't have to be an immersive sim. It could still be discreet, like an adventure game, but it could be. So just a really complicated adventure game. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> Very complicated. Well, gentlemen, what are we going to do for an assignment next week? I propose that we play um, this project that a guy made uh, where he, ba- he in the for the month of October, he made 31 games in 31 days. Um, and they're all playable in a browser. And I think they're all playable in a browser. They're, they're all just, well, I, I have played three or four of them to, to get a sense of them. They were all very simplistic game maker games. Um, so, or maybe Unity? No, it was Game Maker. Game Maker? He made them all in Game Maker Studio. That's okay. what he said because that's what he was familiar with. Oh, right. And, uh, yeah, and so I am curious if these, all these very simple games will yield interesting discussion. Um, they are available if you want to play along at home at uh, zeppelincaptain.wordpress.com. Um, and, or you could probably just look for 31 games in 31 days and might be able to find it on the Googles. I'm curious to see if this yields anything that is interesting yeah. or if uh, it might, they might a, all be terrible. Or if we do a listener's mail <laughs> next week. Like we should have done this week because this is kind of a short, uh, short episode and I'm out of steam. Ah, man. Next week. I won't have just been busting Brand my ass nonstop for work. And so uh, maybe I'll have a little more juice. But as it stands... You're juiced. Somebody wanted to send us a, a question. Yes. Somebody wanted to send us a listener's mail. Yes. Kevin, how would they go about doing that? Well, I would recommend smoke signals. Okay. Uh, but barring that, you could try Twitter at VG Hot Dog. You could try email videogameshotdog at gmail dot com. Do you think there was a? Do you think that Smoke Signals was the name of the letters to the editor section of High uh, Times High magazine? Times. <laughs> Probably. Uh, or cigar aficionado. And you could check out our awesome forums, uh, which you can get to via a link on our website, videogameshotdog dot com. Are you looking up the High Times? I'm looking up High Times magazine smoke signals. That does not seem to be a thing that is. We're getting real. extremely close to uh, the 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 stated goal of High Times, right? Like marijuana is is nigh legal in the U.S. Yeah, then they can finally stop, <laughs> right? <laughs> they don't need to prove anything anymore. Have you ever looked at a High Times magazine? Not. It is more than like a casual glance. It is it is ridiculous. It is everything that you hate about everything, hmm. just all in one magazine. It sometimes it, there's it like doesn't have a, a a word with cyber in it. Sometimes there's like some half it runs naked, on Windows, <laughs> or like some naked hot girl just covered with like hemp leaves. No, j- just like fifty pounds of marijuana, and it's like what the f- like. Why do you even allow a camera in here? Like, what? Seriously? <laughs> eh, I don't know. Could be somewhere where it's legal, I guess. Offshore. <sighs> in a boat. Someplace where it's barely legal. Gentlemen, I've had a lot of fun recording episode number 134 of Video Games Hot Dog with you, and I, I hope that we can get together and do it again soon. Indeed. It's Certainly. been light. Good night, everybody.
Have a great week, everyone. Later. And then if stuff is fucked up, we get to change it. Yay!